let me be blunt. Business doesn't just get to be simple. It has to be simple because complicated businesses break when they scale. So in this episode, I give you the exact three steps you need to simplify your business by identifying your roles, your needle movers, your time sucks, and how to handle those tasks, delegate them, do them, grow through them, and find the simple path to success for your business. Plus, I think I cried or made fun of myself or a couple other things there. And I talk about my six-hour road trip the other day where I spent it in silence. And it was probably one of the most profound impacts on my business in the last four months. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome or welcome back to the Mind of George podcast. My job here is to help heart-centered marketers and entrepreneurs ethically scale their businesses by deepening your relationships with your customers, your employees, and yourselves. I'm a little bit crazy, and I'm super stoked to have you, but if you haven't joined my crazy family yet, just go to mindofgeorge.com and remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. Now, couple housekeeping notes here in the intro. Please remember to subscribe, leave a review, even if you tell me that I belong in a mental institute and I'm just a little bit crazy, but I'm here to support you, I'm okay with that as well. Otherwise, keep listening because we have some gold for you today. Well, hello. And let's continue with the theme of the secret to business success. Okay, I've been talking a lot in the last couple episodes about simplicity. We've talked about clarity. We've talked about keeping things easy and measurable and everything that's required in order to be successful with business. And I want you to understand why I am so adamant and animate about this. It's because I've probably made every business mistake possible And when I look at them and I've reflected on almost bankruptcy, losing businesses, losing millions of dollars, and I look back at all of it, the one thing that was true through everything was complication. Every single thing that I failed at was complicated. Too many emails, too complicated of an offer, uh, too many tasks, too many areas of focus, too many social platforms, too many meetings, (laughs) Too much of everything, over video editing, overthinking, overcomplicating. And the truth is, is that if it's not simple, it's not going to work. And when we look at the most successful things in our life, the most successful products that we've seen or courses that we've bought or ones that we've created and sold all come from simplicity. We find a problem. We create a simple solution for that problem. Somebody can commit because it's simple. They solve that problem and then go market for us. It happens inside the company too. Meetings about meetings about meetings. Oh, I hate meetings. There's a really good book Cameron Harold wrote called Meetings Suck. So today I'm going to share with you the three steps to creating a simplified business. I have my notes in my iPad if you're watching this on video. I've stopped trying to memorize all of this because it's important to deliver the information. But if you're listening, you don't know that. But now I just told you. So just envision me staring at the camera and staring at my iPad. And uh, yeah, that's what we got. So yesterday I was driving. I was up in the mountains and I had a six-hour drive home. And I was driving, no radio, just the noise outside, really hot weather as I was driving through the Mojave Desert. It was like 107. Um, But I was just thinking and thinking and thinking and... I have a couple things that in in my business and in my life that have been effective negatively given the fact of the world in the last couple of months. And it's been hard and it's been really, really hard and scary for me. I've struggled with anxiety and depression, some panic attacks, nightmares, not sleeping. And the truth is that 
I never took the time to remove myself from the quote unquote mud, right? Like I knew I was in the mud and I just kept trying to swim through it. And I was like, oh, I got to get out of it. And so yesterday I used some of that thinking time, right? I used that six hours just to think. And I just literally, before I got in the car, I was like, okay, if I could solve a problem today, if I could get clarity on a situation today, how would I do it? And I was like, I'll just think about it. I was like, what's the problem? And I, I listed out in my brain, like what the three things that I was looking for were. And I just thought, and I thought, and I thought, and I drove, and I thought, and I drove, and I thought. And the first two hours was, I would just describe it as hell. It was hell. It was hard to do. I was uncomfortable. I cried a lot. Um, I was scared. I was like yelling in the car. And then I just stayed with it. And I stayed with it. And I stayed with it. And about two hours in, I just felt this like sense of relief. I felt calm. I felt collected and I felt confident. And I just kept thinking about it. And the longer I sat with it, the more clear everything became. And I basically solved the challenges yesterday in a six hour car ride that I've been having for three months that I haven't been able to quote unquote figure out. And all I needed was the time, the time and the space to give myself that clarity. And as I got that clarity, I realized that I was a little disconnected from things that really matter in my business. And I was missing the mark. I was focusing on the wrong things and I hadn't given myself enough time for like a feedback loop to reflect or to think and to think through what could potentially be happening. I was being really reactive to it all. And I was, I was thriving through it. Like I'm not thriving. I was functioning through it, but not thriving. And then I realized that I was missing a few of the big things that I teach and that I use. And I kind of had to slap myself in the mouth physically and literally um, to wake up and be like, whoa, listen, take your own advice, like breathe for a minute. And so that thinking time was amazing. And it got me back down to what needs to happen in order to thrive or grow or scale or just have any semblance of success and predictability and comfort, right? And that's kind of what came up. And so I wrote them down and I want to share them with you because they're really, really important. So these are the three steps to a simplified business. And uh, business doesn't get to be simple. It has to be simple. Complicated businesses break when they scale or they break the entrepreneur running them or the CEO like it felt like has happened to me. And so I'm going to share my three steps on how to do that today. And I'm going to keep this episode pretty brief. I'm going to go through the three steps and then I'm going to give you a clear call to action for you to put it into practice. And listen, I challenge you. There is no situation, (laughs) no business, nothing where you can't benefit from doing this exercise all the way up to you being a billionaire. It doesn't matter. And billionaires do this every day. Multimillionaires, centimillionaires do this every day. They reflect, they think, they get down to the, to the foundation of it, the simple approach and view of the business in order to know what levers to pull and what needles to move. And so here's what I want you to do. So here's the three steps to a simplified business. So step number one is you're going to clearly define your company queen bee role. Step number two is you're going to identify the needle movers in your business and the time sucks. And step number three is you're going to triple D it, which is decide, delegate, and delete. So I'm going to go into each one of these. Okay. So number one, clearly define your company queen bee role. So what is the queen bee role of your company? Okay. Now, if you don't know what a queen bee role is, you need to go read Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz as soon as possible. Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. And go hit up his social and tell him I sent you because I'm a big fan of his. He doesn't know me, but I'm a big fan. Uh, I read all of his books and recommend them. But basically, the queen bee role is what the core competency of your company is that 
It's the one thing that moves the needle that you do, that your company does, that the collective of all your employees together or yourself is moving this path for your company, your queen bee role, okay? Your company has a queen bee role, okay? And so why is this important to know? Because this is your measure. This is your only way to know whether you're on track or off track. It's the only way to know if you're moving in the right direction or wrong direction. Because if you're working, you're doing these tasks, you're doing these meetings and these sales calls, but it's not helping you move the business forward and move the queen bee role forward, then it's not really helping your business. It's creating a liability. And why is that so important? Because you have to know all your inputs so you know what outputs they create and make sure that they are on track and targeted. Okay. And so I can't do this diligence like Mike can with the queen bee role, but go read clockwork or go watch some videos or clockwork or listen to his podcast on clockwork. And he will break down specifically everything you need to know to identify what your queen bee role is in your company. And he'll also hit the importance, but basically it's just like a beehive, right? Like the queen bee has one job and the entire, the entire, I don't know, what do you call uh, a group of bees? Is it a hive or a swarm? The entire family of bees, entire job is to protect that queen bee because without her, they can't thrive and survive. And then each one of those bees has their own queen bee role while protecting the company queen bee role. And that each one of those bees could be, you know, one of them has to gather food or gather water or be on the lookout or um, be a personal security guard for the queen bee. And so the hive, that's what I'm calling it, the, the role of that hive is to thrive and reproduce. And that queen is the queen of that entire bee family. And her job is the primary job. And then all the other bees have their own individual jobs to protect that job. And that's how you want to look at your business. And so you'll have a company queen bee role, right? And then you'll have a personal queen bee role. And so for example, um, if you run a supplement company and you're the CEO, um, your queen bee role could be a lot of things. It could be, you know, um, product development and vision planning while you expand the footprint of your supplement company throughout the world. But then you might have a product formulator and his entire job or her entire job is just to create new products, test new products, make new products better so that when those are complete, you can fulfill your job. And you might have a um, social media manager and their entire job is to thrive on social media, to study it, to study the trends, to navigate it, to audit it, to adjust it as needed, to help align that with the queen bee role of the company, which is to expand your global footprint. And so you have to identify what your queen bee role is for a company and then what your queen bee role is personally for you and then for all your team members and employees. And if I was to try to break down the book, it would probably take me four hours in a podcast. Um, so it's better that you go read it. So go check out Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. So step one is you have to clearly define your queen bee role for your company and your personal queen bee role. Now we get into step two. Step two is you need to identify the needle movers in your business and identify the time sucks. And so first, what is a needle mover? What is a needle mover? A needle mover is the thing that when you give your energy to it, the result actually moves the business forward, right? And so for me in business, 
Uh, doing email triage is not a needle mover, but creating a live video for an audience that helps them grow their business is definitely a needle mover, right? Um, doing uh, internal meetings sometimes can be a needle mover, but sometimes they can be a time suck, okay? Uh, what's another one that I can think of right now? Like a big needle mover for me. Oh, me going and getting interviewed on a podcast is definitely a big needle mover for us. It's expe- it's expanding our reach. It's expanding our listenership. It's adding value to other audiences that I don't have. But then me sitting on my side and you know studying you know things that aren't applicable to my business or watching videos on you know blank and blank and blank about how to run a better calendar might not be the best use of my time one of them's going to move the needle of my business forward and one of them is not okay so you need to identify the needle movers in your business and what you have to look at is you have to take time to reflect you have to take some time and reflect and look at the last 90 days of your business And if you look at the last 90 days of your business and even your life and you ask yourself, okay, what have I done in the last 90 days that has had the biggest impact on my life and my business? And you identify them. What have I done in the last 90 days where I, I, um, I wrote an email sequence for my buyers and I've been nurturing them ever since and it did X in my business. Oh, I need to make sure that I stay with email, right? Or I started doing a live video twice a week on Facebook and Instagram and it's had a profound effect on my engagement and my conversion. That's a needle mover. And you need to identify what they are because then you have to focus on them, double down on them and figure out how to utilize them more and then find the opportunities to enhance them or help them move forward, okay? And then how do you identify the time sucks? That's a great one. So to identify the time sucks, you're gonna do, and this is from Clockwork as well, which is why I recommend going through this book, you're gonna do the the 4D mix, okay? And the 4D mix is this. So the 4Ds are the only ways in which you can kind of measure your time. Four D's, doing, deciding, delegating, and designing. Doing, deciding, delegating, and designing. So doing is you're executing a task. Deciding, you are assigning an action. Delegating, you are assigning an outcome. And designing, you are creating a future. And so when you think about it, Mike says that there's like an optimal uh, 4D mix for kind of how you spend your time. And I think it's, 80% doing, uh, 2% deciding, uh, 8% delegating, and 10% designing, right? And so what you want to do is you want to track your time. And so I use seven days as my window, right? And you want to kind of create a time analysis worksheet, okay? And so what your job here is to be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. And if you are on Facebook for six hours, write it down and don't judge yourself. If you're doing email triage for seven hours, write it down, don't judge yourself. But you have to identify where you are spending all of your time so you can then focus on how do you create more time for the needle movers and how do you eliminate some of those time sucks or tasks that are diminishing returns. And so you're going to take this time analysis worksheet, right? And so you just write this down on a piece of paper or a spreadsheet. You write the date. Then you write the activity, like what it is that you're doing. You write what time you started and what time you finished, Okay, and then you calculate the total time and then you select, was it a doing task, a deciding task, a delegating task, or a designing task? 
and you have to do this and you have to track it accurately. There's, there's tools in your browser like Harvest and things like that that you can track your time. I prefer to do it manually because it keeps me intentional. And the goal here is to actually document your time like you've shown up for the past week, not like you're getting looked at. And I have to do this to myself. And there are days where I've documented my time and I've watched YouTube videos for seven hours and I convinced myself that I worked, but I didn't. I was just killing time and distracted and that's okay. That told me that I needed to recharge my batteries and that I was pushing too hard and I was looking for an escape. And so I justified it as work. And so this is really important to know because we have to make sure that we are performing at our best. And so what I would recommend for all of you is read the book Clockwork and then do the 4D mix and track your time for at least seven days and do it as accurately as possible. Ready? And what you're tracking is the date you do it, the activity itself. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Not editing that out. Gazoon tight. The date you do it, the activity like uh, triaging my inbox, writing an email, responding to social media comments, creating a live video, uh, making phone calls. Be as specific as possible. What time did you start? What time did you finish? How much total time did it take? Like 52 minutes. And then you have to assign it a work type. Was it doing? Was it deciding? Was it delegating? Or was it designing? And then from that, you have a very accurate picture of where you spend your time. And even in that time, where some of those needle movers are and realizing where we have to realign our time or focus to have the results that we want. And so step number one, you have to clearly define your company queen bee role and your personal queen bee role, which we went over. Step number two is you need to identify the needle movers in your business and the time sucks, right? So now you know what a needle mover is, you know how to identify them, and now you know how to identify the time sucks with the 4D mix. And if you want, you can Google 4D mix clockwork and you can find Mike's PDF around this uh, with his clockwork resources and he has all of that. And then step three Step three, you only have three options when you start auditing all of your time. So now you know your needle movers and now you know the time sucks. And so you have to now make some decisions as a business owner or an entrepreneur or an employee. And there are only three things that you can do with a task. You can either decide it, you can delegate it, or you can delete it, right? You can decide it, you can delegate it, or you can delete it. Um, and so for me, or maybe it's, I think I say do, delegate, and delete, right? So then when you look at everything that you have, you now see where all of your time is spent. And you have to go through and decide what tasks to keep and do, which ones to delegate or which ones to delete, right? And so when we think about what you're going to do or what deciding is, decide and do or kind of the same for me, you need to make a plan to get it done. So you're going to look at your tasks and be like, yeah, that's not a needle mover. That's not my queen bee role. That's a time suck. Do we still need to do this task in the business? Yes or no? No, delete it. Do we still need to do this task in the business? Yes. If I can't do it, who's going to get it done? Delegate it. Or do we need to do this task in the business? Yes. It's my queen bee role. I'm going to do it. And so when you decide to do it, you have to make a plan to get it done and you have to put it in your schedule and you have to do it. If it's just on a piece of paper, if it's just on a task list, it's not going to get done. It has to be on a list with a deadline and accountability. Put it in your calendar. Don't allow yourself to do anything else unless it's done. And then when we think about delegating, we have to be a leader. We have to know how to delegate. And really what we're delegating is outcomes. We don't want to delegate tasks like micromanagement. We don't like this is the exact way you do it because we obviously and most of the time don't know the best way to do it. We think we do. Sometimes I overcomplicate it. Sometimes I don't. 
But the person who's that's their expertise or that's where they focus, they're really good at doing it. So for me, I like to put containers on it. And by container, I'm like, hey, here's the outcome. Hey, I need these six emails written and I need the subjects lines of the emails to be around this and the content of the email to be about this, right? And like, I want like roughly 500 words, one focus and one call to action, go get it done. And then of course I can review it, but I'm not kind of infringing on like what it would look like or kind of getting my hands in where they don't belong. And so our job when we delegate is to delegate the outcome. That's the container. We're like, hey, this is where we are. This is where we want to go. But there's 8,000 different ways to get there. So let me support you in getting there the best way possible, right? And you want to make sure you're clear. If you're going back and forth, like, hey, I need you to do this. Like, oh, what do you want me to do? And you're like, oh, I want you to do this. And they have questions. We haven't done a good job leading and delegating the outcome because there's way too much ambiguity if there's a lack of clarity. So we need to make sure that when we delegate, We delegate clearly and powerfully and confidently so that they can take the task and run. And so for us, some of our favorite things to delegate, like we delegate admin tasks all the time. We use a website called Fancy Hands. Like they do our calendar invites. They can do our email management. They can send out invites. And it's really, really easy. Another one I use is called Get Magic. Get Magic is a little more expensive, um, but they'll do anything personal, business-wise. And then where we source all of our VAs is from a company called FreeUp. F-R-E-E-E-U-P. And this is the most amazing thing ever because we hired a VA, Richard, who's an absolute rock star. And he's absolutely amazing. We hired him to start helping Tyler and creating tasks. And then sooner or later, he was then doing social. And then he was actually editing and publishing our podcasts and making ideas and recommendations. And so we put a container and we're like, hey, this is our outcome. Let's work here and work here. And then he steps in with his expertise and he does tasks for people all the time. So he knows the most efficient way to do something or to delegate something or to document something. And so we go through that with him. So what I would say is that every one of us can benefit from having a more accurate lens of our days, where we're spending our time and whether it's helping our company move forward or helping our company move backwards. And so the three steps for me to a simplified business, step one is you have to clearly define your company queen B role. Step two, you have to identify the needle movers and the time sucks in your business. And step three, you have to then decide or do delegate and delete. And I might be missing one, but I'm a little fluffy here right now. I haven't had any coffee yet. And so I highly recommend, I almost would like force you if I could to go get clockwork, either listen to it or read it, go through the resources and make it a part of your day. So you know, the field that you're playing on and you're architecting the business that you want and you have the plan to get to that destination. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get yourself out of doing in your business. Your job is to design. Your job is to design. So you have to hold the vision. You have to see the final destination and then your team, whether it's VAs or outsourcing or people internally, their job is to help drive the car to get there and you're keeping them on track, okay? So you need to get yourself out of the weeds and the doing of your business unless it's your queen bee role. And then you need to create the space to see your business at a higher level, to see where things are overcomplicated. Like I said, when I sat in that car for six hours, you need what Keith Cunningham calls thinking time. Another good book, I think I've recommended it before, The Road Less Stupid. You need thinking time. You need thinking time to make sure that you're clear and methodical and intentional with the decisions that you're making, okay? So our job is to not be reactive. It's to be proactive. So what we want to do is we want to assess, then we want to document what we assessed, then we want to decide, are we going to do it, delegate it, or delete it, and then we do quality assurance. 
and we audit it, we check in on it, and we make sure that it's moving the needle forward, that it's turning into a process, that it's helping the queen bee role of the company. And then simplify, 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 simplify. And I mean it, just simplify things. If it's not simple, it's going to be dangerous. Complication does not work. It does not scale and it does not feel well. Like I don't sleep good. I get stressed about it, right? We got to keep it simple. And so I want you to read Clockwork. And if you want help with this, um, like big picture, step-by-step framework for simplifying business and become a magnet for your whole ideal buyers, I I recommend enrolling in our Lighthouse Method program. You're going to hear me talk about this a lot. It's probably the best thing I've ever created in 10 years of internet marketing. And it's kind of silly because I'm basically giving it away for free based on what's in it. And so I'm proud of it because it covers everything from I don't have an offer to I have an offer and I'm selling up to $5 million. And this is how I market it. This is how I create the lead magnet. This is how I do the emails. This is how I do copywriting. This is how I write hooks. This is how I do my research. This is how I ethically poach most of my competitors' ideas and make them better. This is how I love my customers. This is how I get them to build my stuff for me. It's basically a fail-safe way to win. Uh, And so I'm going to talk about it a lot. So it's heart-centered. It's focused on relationships, beating algorithms, and I cover everything we can. And I'm just going to make this really, really easy. Go to georgeseasy.com. You get all the details there. You can see the back end. You can see the outline. You can see what the uh, member platform looks like. And I would love to have you. So I'm going to make this really easy. Georgeseasy.com. And yes, I did buy that URL because I wanted it to be funny. And now that you're laughing, I'm going to tell you to go there because when you are happy or in humor, you're in a heightened emotional state and you take actions better. So now that you're laughing, giggling, or if not, and judging me, I still love you. Go to georgeseasy.com and I would love to have you in the course. And I'm still doing, by the way, basically free group coaching calls for everybody who's in for our beta members and founding members. So I'd love to have you on one of the calls because we do them every 10 or 12 days. And so I'd love to kind of get my hands in your business one-on-one. You'll be in a group call, probably 20 of us, and then I'll give each of you individual time and I'll I'll answer your questions specifically, help you with your tasks, help you with your emails, help you with your marketing or anything that you need. So really, really simple. Go to www.georgeseasy.com and go simplify your business because now you have the three steps to a simplified business. So remember that relationships will always beat algorithms and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning, and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. Now, leave a review if you like me. Actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this. And I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it. But our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have, our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course, literally just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, 
my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore, plus whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy, because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team, I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Bye.